Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. We are so excited that all of you amazing moms are spending part of your day with us here at City Hills Church. We're just glad that you made it. And I'm extremely happy to have my second mama here with me today <laughs> to be able to share in this day. And happy Mother's Day to my mom and yes. Nana, oh, yes. all the moms. We love you, um, Nana. Yes, they're watching from Louisiana today, both of them actually. Yes. So we're so glad to be able to virtually share this day with them as well. But we are glad you're here and we're going to jump right into our exciting message that we have for you today. Yes, we have a great one for you. We are going to continue our series on fruitology. We're going to be talking about some more of the fruits of the Spirit. And I got to tell you guys, I cannot think about the list of the fruits of the Spirit without thinking about this cheesy song yes. that Danny and I had to do in chapel service when he was in middle school in Louisiana. Any MCA people out there, shout at me in the comments because <laughs> you know what song I'm talking about. It was awful. It was, it was bad enough that you would have to hear it being sung, but you were forced to participate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part of the church was the apple and the other part was the orange. And if it was a lucky day, you got to be the grape. <laughs> we have nightmares over this song. It was terrible. But, but seriously, we want to talk about some more of the fruits of the Spirit because honestly, we know that they are what will impact our lives. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. The first thing that I want to talk to you about today is peace. So there's this awesome word in the Jewish culture that they would use when they would greet someone, and it was the same word they would use when uh, they were leaving. And it's this beautiful word called shalom. And I've always understood that shalom meant peace. And I was thinking about it when I was kind of studying it this week. It's actually the same as in Hawaii. Aloha is the same mm -hmm. for hello right. and goodbye. But looking into even that word, it has a deeper meaning as well. So shalom, what you were actually saying to someone is, I wish you health, I wish you prosperity, I wish you wholeness and peace. So what an awesome way to begin a conversation and also end it, yeah. you know, when, when you're talking with someone. So we want to talk about how Jesus left his shalom, his peace for us. So I know for myself, I've come to understand how vital and essential peace is in our lives. And for me, I've shared a little bit about myself as I've gotten to preach here over the last couple of years. And so if you know anything about me, I like to move fast. <laughs> you know, that is, that is just me. I like to kind of create my own um, things going on around me. And so I have definitely been um, guilty of trying to create my own peace. And what I have found is that it's, it's, it's fleeting at best. And it's actually in that relationship with Jesus that we find that true peace. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, some conversations that Jesus had with his disciples before he went to the cross. He was talking to them about his upcoming death. You know, the thing that I, I that really stands out to me about these particular passages is that Jesus was telling them 
preparing them and talking to them about what was going to happen and they still were surprised and it sounds like us right we we know challenging times are coming but when they come it's like wait a minute what do i do now yes. right so i want to talk to you about this in john 14 18 through 20. and this is jesus talking to his disciples i like to call them his closest friends mm -hmm. because that's really what they were um, he says i promise that i will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans mm -hmm. I will come back to you. I love that. Yeah. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me lo no longer, but you will see me because I'm going to live again and I'm going to have you come alive as well. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living with the Father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you. Jesus was, again, preparing his friends for what was about to happen. He didn't want them to be blindsided and caught off guard. You know, he had that kindness in his heart to do that, to just prepare them. Listen, this is what's going to happen. This is what has to happen for so many great things to, to come about for what I want for you. So think about it when someone is preparing you know, for their eventual death. Sometimes it's many, many years before, other times it's it's a short time they have, you know, but they prepare it by preparing a will and talking about what inheritance they want to leave for their family and, and close friends and so forth. And um, they're, they're writing out a will kind of saying, you know, this is what I want to have happen after I'm, I'm not here anymore. And in this passage, we see Jesus doing the same thing. He's preparing his mm -hmm. friends, but he has willed them, so to okay. speak, as an inheritance, the most valuable mm -hmm. treasure that he owned. So you might think about it, it's like, well, okay, what could he have left them? So this right. is the son of God, mm -hmm. you know, the, the creator of the universe. He could have left them gold mm -hmm. and silver, you know, so that they didn't have any need and, and never wanted for anything. He may have left them a big mansion, you know, mm -hmm. where no matter where they went in, in sharing the gospel about his story, they had a place mm -hmm. to come, but none of that happened. So let's, let's, talk about what he did leave them. So we're still in John chapter 14, verse 27. And Jesus says to them, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Now he specifically says my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Remember what I've told you, that I am gonna to have to go away, but I promise to come back to you. So if you truly love me, you'll be glad for me since I'm returning to my father who is greater than I. And my favorite verse in this little section is 29. So when all these things happen, you will still trust and cling to me. I love that. It's amazing to me that of all of the gifts that Jesus could have left them, he left the one that he knew they would need the most. He knew their lives were going to be turned upside down mm -hmm. after his death and, and even after his resurrection. And as they would go forward in their lives, you know, sharing the gospel, sharing the story mm -hmm. of Jesus, above all else, they were going to need peace. Mm -hmm. And he knew that. More than money and wealth, position or prestige, more than all of those things, peace is what they would need. Mm -hmm. Peace is vital for the quality of life that we want to have. 
in this world. And often, more money, more possessions. I, I think about the Apostle Paul who said, I have had a lot and I've had yeah. nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've all been there. We've mm -hmm. had those times where we have so much more than, than we need. And then other times we, we're barely, you know, needing those needs. None of those things matter without right. peace. It's so true. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Jesus knew that these uneducated men were going to be paralyzed with fear going forward. But no matter what they faced, he knew that if he left them, inherited to them this peace, they would be able to face anything that um, came their way. And this is what Lauren and I were talking about th this week in preparation. The world is looking yeah. for peace. They're searching mm -hmm. for peace, but it's really only found in Jesus. It is, and I think so many times we look at peace at many different for many different ways and many different reasons. But the first one is really, I think we think peace is circumstantial. Yes. We think that if we have all the money that we need, if we have the job with the title that we want, if we have the latest technology or the latest thing that everyone's talking about on social media, that we will be happy and we'll be at peace, but it's not true. It's so true. Um, another one is that peace is not a feeling. It's really a state of being. Yes. As many of you know, I love a clean home and I'm sure some <laughs> of you mamas do out there. And being a parent can be chaotic. It can bring a lot of chaos and the home will never be as clean as you want it to. But some days I think if my house is just spotless <laughs> for at least a day and I'm caught up on all the laundry, I will feel so much more peaceful. But the reality is, is that doesn't last. Yes. It's a fleeting moment. It's, it's peaceful in the moment and I'm telling you, when I go to bed and all that laundry is done, the dishes are put away, I go to bed so much more peacefully. Mm -hmm. But it only lasts for a little while mm -hmm. because the next day, Audrey's going to come right back to that space and tear everything apart and it's going to be a hot mess again. So peace can be fleeting. It's not, you know, we put it in this box that if I only have this thing or life only looks this way that I will be at peace. But those things don't last. Um, another one is we, we try to control peace, don't we? Yes. We try to control our circumstances. We try to control our environment. And we try to control our peace through the things that we want and obtain and all of these things. But those things, that, like I said, are fleeting things yes. for peace. True peace only comes from the perfect and complete peace of Jesus. And it's only found in Jesus. The, it's peace that cannot be fulfilled by the world or the things of this world that we try to find to fulfill, fulfill that peace. And it's unexplainable peace. It's things that we really, it's hard to explain yes. to another person exactly. why you have so much peace in a moment because to everyone else, it doesn't make sense. Right. And sometimes it really takes it being at a place where you have to completely surrender any control to finally have the peace that comes from Jesus alone. It is so true. Um, the, the last scripture that I want to share with you today that goes along with what Lauren was saying is from Colossians 3.15. And I actually want to say it to you in two different versions. So mm -hmm. just straight out of the NIV would be, let the peace of Christ be the controlling factor in your hearts. So I, I love that. You know, there's so much depth there. Let that be the thing that controls your heart. When I think of that, I think of busy moms and mm -hmm and busy all of us yes. <laughs> really you know where you know you're you're sitting you know very visual so you're sitting and you're praying and you're you know talking to God and telling him you need peace and i just see you know like around us this big mm -hmm. bubble of 
chaos and uncertainty and fear and you know and and all of the things going on around us but in the moment we can have that peace and then i want to read that scripture to you in colossians in the amplified which is exactly what it says it it kind of amplifies and emphasizes certain words so it says let the peace of christ that inner calm of one who walks with him daily because we both believe that yeah. that's the key it's really you know, walking with him daily. Let that peace be the controlling factor in your heart, deciding and settling questions that arise. And what that speaks to me is those questions are going to arise. What am I doing, God? What is happening? What's happening around me? Why can't I control this? Let that inner calm of one who speaks daily with the source of our peace be uh, the controlling factor and the deciding and settling of all the things that's going mm -hmm. on around us. So no matter what arises, decide and settle in your heart that the peace of Christ is all that you will ever need because for every circumstance we face, his peace is going to be enough. It's so true. It's so true. And the next thing we're going to talk about is patience. So let's be honest here for a moment. Oh. Patience can many times feel like the opposite of peace, right? Yes. Patience many times feels like it robs us of our peace because patience is just not fun. No. You know, no. I don't think anybody actually likes patience. It's one of the hardest things to really obtain. But patience is really a form of faith. Yes. And in, the, in patience, we have to trust that there is something better on the other side that God has for us. Yes. And Danny and I, with leading many teams, one of the things he always says and has said for years is to trust the process. Mm -hmm. Because we can't see exactly where we're going or what it's going to look like. We have dreams and we have aspirations, but God is really the one that we surrender that part of our lives to. We do the necessary steps that we can take and we have to relinquish control for him to handle the rest. In our sanctuary, you'll see in the sound booth, there is a plaque there that says, trust the process. Mm -hmm. And it's something that one of our teams gave us in Georgia before we moved here. And it's something that's carried on with us. It's been in his office. It's been in places where we want to visibly see as a reminder that we need to trust the process. We've got to trust God's process for our lives. Because the reality is you may not be where you want to be right now, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to get there. And you have to have faith that God is aligning everything in your life in this moment for what's to come. And many times, if I have to be honest, we have to trust the delays and the detours. We think that these things are stumbling blocks many times in our lives, that things seem like they're not going the way that we want to. But and a lot of times that's God really building our trust even further in Him that say, hey, you can't do this without me. You have to trust me. You're trying to do this on your own and you're trying to go here and go there, but that's not where I want you. I have something greater for you. So trust the process. Patience is also the companion of wisdom. Now, wisdom is a word that feels like it's for scholars or something like that. You know, sometimes that's hard to understand and obtain. But it's really just, it demonstrates the knowledge and the understanding that things are happening on purpose and for a purpose. And growing up in church, we always said this phrase, and some of you may have heard it, that God's never late, he's never early, but he's always right on time. Yes. Isn't that true with patience? 
that when we're waiting on something from the Lord, we're like, when are you going to answer this already? Like, I'm just going to go ahead and do my thing and move forward because this obviously doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So I'm going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and we have to be patient enough to wait for it. Aristotle said this, patience is bitter, but the fruit is sweet. Patience is so bitter. It reminds me of like being in a waiting room in the doctor when you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and you're dreading to go in there, but you know if you're searching for answers for your health, which Mary and I have both been through this (laughs) journey of years and years of trying to figure out what's going on with our health, that you feel like there's hope on the other side, that there are some answers there. And although the waiting is so hard, it is sweet at the end when you finally get answers to what's been going on all along. It's so true. Patience takes the waiting. Nobody likes the waiting, but it helps us develop patience and deepen our trust in the Lord when we wait. One of the things that um, I've really noticed in my life over talk, you know, working through this message is I've been in a lot of waiting rooms. And I think that all of us have, but many times we don't really realize how many waiting rooms we've been in our lives when God is transitioning things for us. And one of the biggest moments that I remember that still sticks out to me really on a daily basis is when the Lord was transitioning us from Georgia to here. Um, We had heard from the Lord so clearly that something was going to be happening. We didn't know what that was. We didn't know where we were going. None of that. And the only people that knew were our parents. We said, we feel this release from God to go somewhere. (laughs) We don't know what that means. So, of course, you can imagine if you're told, oh, well, you're going to be doing some great things, but you have no details. And I'm a detailed person, okay? We're a lot of like, we want to know the details. We want to have the list. We want to have the plan, all the things in place. Well, God don't work like that. (laughs) And so that takes a lot of patience. And so it was really during this time that I was wrestling with this, okay, Lord, like, what are you trying to do? There's this excitement. There's this unknown of what's going to happen and where we're going to go. And I'm a girl that has journals kind of everywhere. So I will write in one for like a specific type of thing and another for something else. And, you know, I'm just that kind of person. So I had this journal, went to work one day. We were in a meeting. It was before we moved here. Knowing this wrestling was coming along. And I I opened up this journal because I kept my church notes in there. And in the journal was this little post-it note. And it's Isaiah 60, 22. And it says, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. This gives me chills to this day. (laughs) I do not know who wrote this. (laughs) I don't know where it came from. This is obviously not my handwriting because it's way better than mine. It's certainly (laughs) not Danny's. It's not hers. It's not anyone that I know. I don't know where it came from. And it's, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, God works in crazy ways. <laughs> I still cannot tell you where that came from, but for the last four years, I guess it's been, I've had this post-it in that same spot in that journal as a reminder that at the right time, yeah. God will make it happen. So good. Because what I realized that as we, he led us to where we are now, that God this whole time is working in the background. He was aligning all of the things to work perfectly in place that I could not have done on my own. And it's just a reality that waiting really reveals the value that we place on what we're waiting for. That's so good. Can I be honest as a parent? 
I feel like I just don't have it in me to be patient enough to teach my kids patience because <laughs> their impatience drives me crazy. But all I want to do is they, I just want them to listen, right? Like just, just obey and just listen, just do the thing. And that's what God's saying to us. Yes. Why don't you just obey? Yes. Why don't you just listen? It'll make life so much easier. But each and every time I'm reminded of this verse in Romans 5 that speaks to the importance of being a person of patience. And it says this, Romans 5, 3 through 4, suffering or patience produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Patience feels like suffering. It really does. But it builds our character and it builds the hope and the waiting that we have. And sometimes our patience doesn't result in the answer that we want many times so that James 1 4 says let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything so patience really takes perseverance perseverance and that waiting is so hard but like Aristotle said the fruit is so sweet so don't rush what God's preparing for you I promise that in the waiting he is working and it is worth it it is so true. And Lauren knows this now that we've lived together for a couple of years. Patience is not my strong suit. This is not, this is not some, this is the one out of the three that we're talking about today that I struggle with the most. I don't like things to slow down. I don't like slow walkers. I don't yes. like slow talkers. You know, I don't, I don't have the patience to wait for things. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that, you know, I've dreamed about and wanted to have happen. And when they start to get even a little close, I'm like, okay, God, let's, let's finish it. Let's mm -hmm. get to it. So, you right. know, my personality is to, you know, dream, uh, write out a list, write out all the challenges. I know they're coming. It's not that I, I'm blind to that, uh, to that knowledge, but I can face them. I'm going to list them all out. I'm going to check them all off. Like Lauren was yes. talking about earlier, we are list makers in this house. And I see Brooklyn making lists it's now. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> What have we done? <laughs> what have we done, right? But I want to check it off. I want to move on yeah. to the, I want to finish that challenge and then I want to move on to the next one. Right. Patience is definitely something that I struggle with. But one of the most valuable lessons that I have learned is through the years, whether it was Bud and I through business or just personally, mm -hmm. not every open door is God. Right. So I would see an open mm -hmm. door, an open opportunity and realize that sometimes that's not him. And mm -hmm. I, I, I want to finish that thing, but like Lauren just said, the wait is worth it because his dreams for us, mm -hmm. his plans and purposes for us are so much more than we could so possibly true. want for ourselves. It's so true. So be patient in that waiting room. Don't give up. Keep persevering. Yes. I'm telling you, life is going to be something beautiful that you could have never imagined for yourself. So the last thing we're going to talk about is kindness. Now, this is another fruit of the Spirit that, that many times we can relate back to our childhood, right? The first thing that many of us learned was the golden rule. Oh, yes. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. But I feel like many times we leave out that part of, like, the way that you want to be treated. Like, we kind of know how we want to be treated, right. but we don't think about it in depth to really think about how we are treating ourselves. It's so true. We expect others to treat us a certain way, but are we truly being kind to ourselves? And it starts with us. 
And that's a hard thing, especially as ladies, you know, gentlemen, I know you guys struggle with this too, of, of making sure that we speak kind words into our own lives. Because we, the reality is we can't give from an empty cup. We talk about this all the time, you know, and I know it's Mother's Day and, and we're kind of coming from the point of view of, you know, women and mothers, you know, and mothers as well. But it's so much more, like Lauren said, it's, it's men struggle with it as well as Christians, we struggle mm -hmm. with it. If we keep giving and giving and giving. I've always said that, you know, we we're talking about inheritance earlier. The inheritance that I have from my grandmother, Joanne, mm -hmm. is kindness. Mm -hmm. You know, she always put everyone else yeah. above herself. Mm -hmm. And I see it in my mother. I see it in me. I see it in my sister. It's just this beautiful inheritance that's come down through but we do have to make sure that we find that time for ourselves. And there's been times in my life where, you know, I, I'm, I'm not happy where I, I was, you know, what I was doing and, and the purposes, you know, I, I love the things that, that we did, that Bud and I did together, but there came a time when I needed something just for myself. And that's when I started with the personal training and I found so much fulfillment in that. Um, my ladies, you know, still follow me today on, on the blog that I have, and they're always speaking wonderful things into my life. And I, they did more for me than uh, they think I did so much for them, but they did so much for yeah. me as well. I loved speaking into their lives, but it is so important for us to find ways to be kind to ourselves so that we're not constantly giving from that empty cup. It's so true. And and I cannot be honest, it feels guilty sometimes. It's so you true. You know, to be like, I, I've got to have a kindness day for myself. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, when you fill your cup, you have so much more to get to so others. True. And so make sure that you make time for that. I, I'll be honest, I struggle with this yes. all the time. Yes. So this is a consistent thing. Danny's like, just go do something for yourself. I'm like, no, I feel guilty. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's something that I'm definitely working on. But I love what Luke 6.45 says. It says, her mouth speaks from that which fills her heart. I love that. And what comes out of our mouth is a re direct reflection from the condition of our heart and what's going on with our heart. We know this with kids many times. If you've worked with kids or if you have kids or been around kids, sometimes when they're struggling with things that they're saying and we're constantly getting on to them, they seem like they're always in trouble. There's something internally yes. going on inside their heart that we haven't dug deeper to really discover what that is. And the reality is we operate the same way. It's so true. When I start to realize if I'm a little bit more snarky or having a bad attitude or something that I've realized that, hey, you, you got to check your heart. Like John Chris says all the time, check your heart. <laughs> Sometimes I have to check my heart and be, and say, how kind am I being to myself? Yes. How defeated and I'm, if I, am I making myself feel? You know, what are the things that I'm speaking into my mind that are really a reflection of where my mind is at, my heart is at, and my mouth is just speaking it out to everyone. Um, so really that's a sign for me to know that like, hey, you, you got to get back and check, you yes. know? Yes. Um, Brooklyn, well, kindness really is not about knowing what to say or do. Yeah. It's really about keeping your eyes open to others. And Brooklyn, our oldest, um, she just has the biggest heart for caring. She's and her mama. She's her mama. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she 
she amazes me in the ways that she loves to serve others and the way her eyes are always open on how to care and help someone. And so it's just one of the greatest things that I love watching her do. And one thing that always happens is we, we love to go to the beach. So we usually, when we go, we go to La Jolla. And every time we're passing by this one little street to go find a parking spot, because you know it's crazy trying to find a parking spot out there, but we always cut through this one place. And every time we go, there is this one homeless man that's always there. And every time we pass by, she goes, oh, he's here today. We need to make sure that we give him some of our snacks. So we always do, we save snacks, just for him, we make sure we don't eat all the snacks on the beach so when we're leaving, we can give him um, what we have. And so we were passing by just the other week. Mm -hmm. Again, she goes, where is he? I don't see him. He's not here. And he was further down the road. She didn't see him. And Danny said, oh, I see him. He's back there. She goes, Bonnie, hurry, quick. Get the snacks. Get everything that we have. Grab it. So I'm going through and I'm grabbing what we have because we're afraid the light's going to turn green and we're going to have to leave. She rolls down her window. She's like, sir, sir. And she's like flagging him. These are for you. These are for you. And she gave them to him and it just lit up his day. And it lit up her, her day, day and oh, ours yeah. too. I'm yeah. like crying. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> proud of her. And this is just so amazing. And she, the thing is she does it every time. She doesn't do it out of like, look what I did. But she truly, that made her think, what else can we do for him? She's like, what if we put solar panels on a TV so he can watch TV while he's out here. I'm like, how do you even think about this stuff, you know? And um, so she's like, well, I learned about it in school. I'm like, that's really cool. Um, but she's like, what if we wrote a card? And we had some cards in the car. So next time we came by, we gave oh, him wow. a card just to speak some, make him happy is what she said. But in her ways, that was showing kindness. It's giving him those words of encouragement that Food and money and all those things can't buy. That's so true. Um, so Proverbs 16.24 says this, Kind words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul and they're healthy for the body. Kindness is literally like breathing life into someone. It makes them feel seen. It makes them feel cared for. And it doesn't have to be over the top. I feel like we make it complicated. We can just send an encouraging text. Or it's so true. Send them a $5 Starbucks card because most people need their coffee these days. <laughs> or just a simple compliment. It's so true. We always do. You know, we always want to make it about the grand gestures. Right. But honestly, a simple thing when we're talking about being kind to ourselves mm -hmm. again, you know, it could be a five minute walk. Right. It mm -hmm. could be you know, 10 minutes, um, you know, a long, uh, for me, it's a nice long, you know, hot bath with my Epsom salt mm -hmm. and my candles. And, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Right. And if you want to do something for someone else, put those things together. Yeah. Very simple, inexpensive things in a basket. But for ourselves, sometimes for me, it's all about reading. It's all about getting in a quiet room. If it's raining, even better. <laughs> you know, yes. me in rain. But um, just sitting and having time to sit and reflect, just getting away from your you know, busy day for just a couple of mm -hmm. minutes is something as simple as that. It can recharge you in such right. a powerful way. It's true. And the reality is, like, let's be real honest. The world is cruel right now. There is so, so much hatred and divisiveness going on in the world that if we can be the people yes. just to bring a little bit of kindness to yes. brighten someone's day, makes the biggest difference. And I promise that when we share that kindness, it comes right back at you because so it just true. gives you this excitement 
for the rest of the day and this joy that's unmatched. So um, what I want to leave you with this last statement is by Maya Angelou. I love her. I love her. And she says a statement that I've known for years, but it's so true and it will always remain true. But it's this, people may forget what you said, they may forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. I love that. Kindness, many times we think as of an act of service or a thing that we do for someone or a word that we speak in, and it is a lot of those things. But the reality is it makes someone feel like they are seen, that yes. they are heard, that our eyes are open to them and they are cared for and loved. It's so true. And like you said, money can't, it, it doesn't even yeah. compare mm -hmm. to, to what those things do. So here is your challenge for this week. And I say your challenge, it's our challenge yeah, as well. <laughs> you know, what exactly out of the three of these would you say is the one that you struggle with the most? I have already told you mine. It is patience. So I would love to challenge you today with you know, think about those things, think about what it is of the three that you struggle with the most and what you can do right. to find God in those and, and to help pursue those mm -hmm. things in your life. I believe that as you do this, you're going to find that Jesus is the answer for it all and he is the source for mm -hmm. every one of those things. It was so great to be with you guys today. We're gonna pray, we're gonna close out and then head on over to our host. So pray with us this morning. Father, we just pray first of all for our moms today, for the mothers that are out there. Lord, we just pray that you would give them a supernatural peace, Father, a supernatural uh, patience and kindness to themselves, Lord, today and every day. But Father, we speak to all of us today. Help us to find ways, Lord, in these three fruits of the Spirit to find you, to dig deep into the source of who we need, which is you. We thank you for that inheritance that you have given to us. And Lord, we pray that we would lean into these as we continue to seek our purpose in you. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day, and I loved doing this with you. <laughs> I love it, too. This is amazing. But have a great week. We're going to throw it over to the host, and we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.